My dear listeners, I hope today is going amazing for you. Join me on my podcast as I share stories of people just like you who made bold decisions in their lives and in turn, they live their dreams. As they say, it's up to you to make it happen. This show is sponsored by BioMental, all natural nutritional supplements for your daily needs. Always stay healthy, strong and focused, and the rest will follow. To learn more, go to biomental.org. Hello everyone, today we're meeting Holly Francis. She's an author, a speaker, a Guyane-Barre syndrome survivor and advocate and also certified personal trainer hello holly thank you for joining us today thank you so much anna for having me on your show thank you so let's start a conversation by diving into your journey of becoming the person you are today what led you to discover your true passion in life how did it start for you So for me, it was a diagnosis that changed my life. And uh, this would have been 12 years ago. And I was a brand new mom. I had just given birth to my daughter. And I was recovering at home from a C-section. And my daughter was uh, a very healthy baby. And the the pregnancy and the, the birth had gone really well. And I was just really excited for this new start and this new chapter in my life of being a mom. And uh, we were at home and we were, you know, I was getting so excited about the year that we had ahead. Um, I live in Canada. So here in Canada, we get uh, an entire year off for mat leave. And so I was really looking forward to just bonding with her and creating memories and stuff. And unfortunately, things had uh, or life had a different plan for me. And it started with a tingle in my fingertip. Uh, It led to severe pain in my neck and then kind of weakness in my legs. And at the time, I thought that I was dealing with like a flu or a pinched nerve. I wasn't really sure. Uh, But very, very quickly, it progressed to something much more serious. And within several hours, I was having trouble walking. I was having trouble walking up the stairs. My legs were just very, very heavy. And that night when I put my daughter to bed and uh, I was trying to sleep, couldn't sleep from the pain. And when she got up to nurse in the middle of the night, uh, I actually stood from the floor and and I fell because my legs completely gave out on me. And so it was at that point that I knew that something was seriously wrong. And I went to the ER And I had my ex-husband, I had him just drop me off because I figured, you know, I'm just going to be at the hospital for an hour or two, and then uh, you can just pick me back up. I didn't want my my newborn coming to the ER. And uh, he he dropped me off, and I had no idea that that would be the last time that I would actually step foot of the hospital for many, many months. Wow, it's been very hard for you, and especially having a newborn baby and uh, trying to bond and spend time uh, and finding yourself in a situation where you cannot do anything. It's just um, devastating. And I know how it's been hard for you, but uh, what helped you to go through um, this challenge? And uh, if you can just tell our listeners, how long did it 
take you and what exactly did you do in terms of recovery? What steps did you take for those who may be experiencing that or know somebody who is experiencing that in the moment and something that would encourage them um, that type of support and knowing that they're not alone struggling with this? Absolutely. So I was diagnosed um, quite quickly with a rare disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome. So it's very similar to MS. Uh, it is affecting the, the nerves, but basically the difference, uh, the difference between MS and GBS is that MS affects the, the brain and the spinal cord and, and GBS affects the nerves basically in every part of your body other than the spine and the brain. And so what it does is it completely paralyzes you. And uh, I was paralyzed from the neck down in ICU. I, uh, within 72 hours of arriving at the hospital, I was on a, on life support fighting for my life. Couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And, and like you said, I had a newborn and I was trying to bond with her and I was just devastated that I couldn't do anything with her. And I, I couldn't be the mom that I'd always wanted to be. Uh, so obviously it was a very, very dark time in my life. And there were moments that I wasn't sure that I was ever going to get out of it, especially when I'm dealing with a rare disease. So a lot of doctors had never heard of it before um, or had never like seen a case in their lives. A lot of nurses had never worked with anybody. Our family had never heard of it. So it was very isolating and it, I, I felt very, very alone while I was going through it. And even though the doctors were saying, you know, there's hope. There is, uh, you have to have faith that you're going to get better and you're going to get through this when you're going through that at the time, when you're, when you're in those super painful moments, you, you just can't see a way out and you don't believe that you're ever going to make it out of this. And for me, my daughter was obviously a huge inspiration. She was that motivator. She was the reason why I had to get out of there. And so my recovery was very long and drawn out. Um, I also had another GBS survivor come in to visit me. So the the doctors had seen me really, really struggling with my mental health in, in addition to my physical health. I mean, I was dealing with a lot of pain and nausea and vomiting, uh, but also just, just emotionally broken and, and just really, really uncertain about my future. If I was even going to make it through the day, let alone if I was going to ever get out of ICU or get back to being a mom, I, I really didn't know. And so the doctors brought in another GBS patient, which I felt was such a brilliant idea is just bringing in somebody else who's been through what I had. And he had actually been in the exact same hospital room as I was. And he had had been paralyzed like me and he had recovered completely and so that was a light for me and uh, a big motivator to keep going that you know what I'm not alone and somebody else has gone through this as well and it was at that point that I kind of believed that if he could do it then so could I and so from there I just kind of continued on my recovery I had to learn how to breathe off the ventilator first and that took several months so in ICU for 70 days and learning to breathe was probably the hardest part of my entire journey. It was like being underwater and trying to swim and trying not to, to drown, basically. That's what it felt like. And it was so scary at the time. And I just kept kind of promising myself that I would just try again tomorrow. And that's what I did. And through that, I got stronger and stronger. I was able to get off of life support, moved out of ICU and started on my recovery where I had to basically regain 
my strength. I, I had lost over 30 pounds in the hospital and had to regain all that muscle mass that I lost. And so I had to learn how to hold cutlery and feed myself and how to drink from a cup and eventually how to hold my daughter and take care of her uh, and, and just gradually rebuild my life again. And uh, it's been a long time for you to recover. So how long would you say from just being not able to do anything and started to uh, making like functions in your life in terms of holding your door, walking, um, you know, doing anything that you used to do in the past. How long did it take you the whole path of recovery? So it was about a year and a half, actually, before I would have considered myself kind of back to normal. And even then, I, I mean, I still deal with some residuals from the disease. Um, but the process uh, was was long and painful. I mean, I had to learn how to walk again. And that was another huge uh, part of my journey was, you know, strengthening the legs and first learning how to stand. And I had to practice that for many, many weeks and then practicing how to take steps forward. And I learned to walk with a, a walker. And that's how I got around for several weeks and was in a wheelchair for a long time and then uh, progressed to a cane. And then eventually basically got out of out of the hospital and went home. Uh, so I was in the hospital for 126 days, so almost five months. And my daughter, I mean, she was six, six months old by the time I got home. And it's crazy to think that I lost out on, on so much time, but it really did changed my perspective on life because I was I felt like I was I felt like I'd been like ruined of my life I felt like I I didn't have the ability to be a mom and then all of a sudden I was given that chance back and so I had a new lease on life I was so appreciative for everything that I could do uh, and I, I returned home and I mean I was still really really weak at home and I had to do outpatient physiotherapy for a long time uh, I went to a rehab hospital where I uh, basically was with other people going through other diseases and, and other illnesses and uh, other accidents as well, people that had spinal cord injuries. And so that was also very motivating for me to, to realize, you know, how fortunate I was to be able to regain that ability. And uh, I got into exercise and that's kind of where I really turned my life around and, and started exercising regularly and got into the best shape of my life. Yeah, as I mentioned, you're also a certified personal trainer, is that right? Yeah, so after I went through everything that I did, uh, it really just, it was amazing to me to see what the body can do and to see me go from being completely paralyzed not even strong enough to hold a cup and to gradually getting stronger and stronger with hard work. And that's when I, I really realized, you know, if, if you put in the work and you put in the time that our bodies are capable of doing amazing things. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I got into the best shape of my life. And then from there, my recovery obviously was so, it was like this drastic before and after. And I, I had a ton of videos uh, from when I was in the hospital and uh, my, my mom had videotaped me and taken tons of pictures. And so I put together a YouTube video of my recovery basically from beginning to, to where I was now. And that video ended up going viral. And so from there, I was able to connect with GBS survivors kind of all over the world. 
And I, I realized, you know, how many people are, are going through this disease. And it was then that I kind of knew that, you know, I was, I was diagnosed with GBS for a reason. People were asking me about my recovery and how I did certain exercises. And so that's how I got into fitness training, because I really wanted to, to be able to educate and help others on their own, either recoveries or, or their own fitness journeys. And as you said, a lot of people going through that, and especially those who are already gone through the process and uh, made it on the other side of it, they see for what it is, and they can um, show with their own story of recovery, how possible is it for others as well. And um and it's very important to have that support. And I know you published a book that's called Life Support, and it's about your story of recovering. And I would, uh, you know, also include a link in a showcase uh, as, as well. So for people who would like to learn more into detail um, about how the process was going for you and what kind of thoughts you were struggling with at the moment. And I would, you know, show the whole picture of how was that event that happened in your life, uh, you know, kind of gave you the opportunity to become a stronger person because we also have to look at it from a different perspective. Like you said, while you're in the moment, you don't see it, you're struggling or life, you just want to become better, um, just survive, really. But then you understand why it happened. And it's for a reason, there is a purpose for it. There is, I believe everything that's happening in our lives is for a reason. But usually we see it in, um, you know, looking back, pretty much, and then knowing what our mission or purpose is here in this world, usually it's to serve other people through our story and that's what we here to do and even though it was hard and uh with us going through it with us showing strength to ourselves that we can do it and having faith in what's possible we we can help a lot of people in the process and all of us, we can heal as a collective, I would say. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I completely agree. And I love what you say about that. You believe that everything happens for a reason and you can find kind of purpose in everything that you've gone through. And I totally believe that for my experience specifically, I feel like it was the path that I was meant to go on, uh, prior to going through GBS, I, I didn't feel like I had a lot of purpose in my life. And I, I didn't feel like there was, you know, anything in life that I was really, really passionate about until I went through GBS. And I recovered and I was like, you know what, I have this really unique perspective to share. I was in ICU and I was paralyzed. And uh, I, I, I can share what I went through and what it was like to be a patient in the hospital that majority of people will never experience. And I could educate doctors. I've been able to reach a lot of doctors around the world who have thanked me for sharing my story and shed light on what it what GBS does to somebody and what it's like to care for somebody that's going through GBS. So for me, 
I truly believe that that had to happen to me and it changed my life in, in the best way possible. I think that for people going through hard times, I think a lot of times, you know, it is hard to believe that this is happening for a reason. But even if you can just try to find any sort of purpose or any sort of gift, even if you have to dig really deep, I think that that's really important. Like for me, I, when I look back on those, those, those trying times, obviously it was so much pain and so much heartache being away from my daughter. I mean, she was there with me every day, but I was watching her from a hospital bed and she was being raised by my family and I lost out on breastfeeding with her. I never got to do that with her. Uh, I, I didn't get to see her first smile or take her for her first walk. Her fa- my family did that all with her. And so it was really heartbreaking for me to, to see all the things that I lost. But at the same time, I also chose to look for the things that I gained. And so some of the things that I gained from that is just the intense gratitude for getting to be her mom and for getting to for now like to getting to go for a walk with her getting to play tag with her to go swimming uh even beyond that for me being able to exercise being able to go mountain climbing and and doing all these active things it's giving me this gratitude that I really would have not had had I not gone through that so I think it's really important you know whatever you're going through even if it's awful you can always try to find some sort of gift from the experience. Yes, definitely. And also she was the reason why you were fighting for life in the first place. So she, she was, you. yeah, she pushed you to move forward, to believe in yourself that you can, even though she didn't speak a war, she was just there, but her presence. Oh yes. It's so funny. So that bigger purpose Absolutely. And it's funny because she's, I mean, like you said, she's a newborn and she's not saying anything. She's not doing anything, but she really was this light in this dark, very dark time, uh, bringing so much laughter and joy in the hospital room for us. And I had to, I had to laugh because it was like, you know what, she's learning how to do all these things too. She's learning how to hold cutlery one day and she's learning how to hold her bottle and how to walk and all that kind of stuff. And, and I just had to remind myself that, you know what, she's doing it too and she's not she's not down on herself she's not saying I can't do this she's just getting up and trying again and so it was really good motivation for me to do it too yes definitely and we um have to have that um believe that anything that we're struggling with it's temporary and we can overcome it and uh there are people out there that uh, have their own stories of uh, going through the same challenge in their life and that could be inspirational for us but we also have to go through that experience ourselves to show evidence for what we can and like you said you can regain that strength back from being totally not able to do anything coming back even stronger than you were you know before that experience is exactly. that right Exactly. Yeah. And I think we as human beings, we're so much stronger than we realize and what we give ourselves credit for. 
But I don't think we realize that until after the fact, like you said, until we're looking back. So it's something to remind yourself that, you know what? No, I am strong enough to handle this. And you've got to have that strength and that faith to just kind of keep going. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to be able to look within. You're going to have to look outside. You're going to have to find inspiration and support from other people. But between that and between yourself, you know, you can get through anything. And I think my story is a great reminder of that. I literally went from almost my deathbed, completely paralyzed and unsure if I was even going to survive to now, you know, back to living my life, back to being completely healthy and walking and running and in the best shape of my life. And it's a testament to, you know, what our bodies are capable and our minds are capable of overcoming. Right, and there is a big connection, like mind-body connection that we are not fully aware of as we start digging more into um, connecting to who we are and what are we capable of to our true self and um, just living from that truth and uh, being honest with uh, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, like processing all of that and also putting that into action and towards uh realizing our goals and purpose in life once we align with that and everything just flows naturally and usually um also another aspect of it of appreciation and gratefulness for what we have like you said after that experience you started looking at life differently and a lot of times people wait until something happens, you know, some kind of tragic event or some extreme event that would remind them that your life is valuable. It's important. And you have to um, appreciate what you have in your life right now because you have everything you need. Everything is provided for you. And there are people that support you. And a lot of times we're just being lost and not, you know, appreciating that. And um, and then once something is, you know, lost in our life or missing, then we see how important that was. But only if we start doing it as a practice, as a daily practice of reminding ourselves how lucky we are to just be here to live and to have what we want so I think that's yeah. Also important yeah I completely agree I mean I would have I was in my 20s at the time when I was when I was diagnosed and so when you're in your 20s you think you're invincible and you think nothing's gonna ever happen to you and uh I was very naive that you know there's diseases out there that can affect people and when this happened to me it gave me this intense you know, just gratitude for being able to breathe. It's just something as simple as breathing is something that we are so lucky to be able to do and obviously walk and use our bodies. And it really taught me that life can change in an instant. Like I said, I went from completely paralyzed or completely healthy to completely paralyzed in 72 hours. And so in the blink of an eye, my life completely changed. And I think it's really important for everyone to really realize that. And I hope that my, my story inspires people, you know, life is short, get out there and do the things that you want to do. 
And that's what I did when I got out of the hospital. It was like, okay, all those things that I've talked about doing one day, they were, it was no longer one day. It was now I want to travel and I want to spend more time with my family and friends and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I just started doing it and making plans and going ahead with it because you just never know when life can change. Yes. And we always put uh, it as you know, something that, like you mentioned, we're just going to make one day, one day I will get to that uh, plan of uh, taking off from the bucket list or whatever. But then that day might never come or tomorrow is not promised. Anything could happen. And it's not guaranteed that this one day you will do that. And again, like you have to focus on what's important right now and what we can make out of our life in the present moment and not be too much, um, you know, usually people live either in the past or in the future, but they're not mm-hmm. present, truly present because mm-hmm. that's where your power is here right now. But with the different type of distractions that we have nowadays, social media, TV, or people just work too much, you know, they never have time for their family to uh, build their business or, you know, make something important that will last after they're gone. And also experience being a human being is about experiencing different type of um you know, um, different type of events or uh, whatever you, in- whoever you're interacting with, those people are here for a reason. And either they teaching you something or uh, you teaching them, or this is some type of um, interaction going on where you should be present and, uh, you know, kind of like uh, enjoying the moment. It's not about like getting to some type of destination, but being in that moment. And then you will see how everything is just flowing easily in your life. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, I love what you say about that. It's, you know, finding passions, finding things that give you enjoyment now, right? Like the things that you love doing, try to do those all the time. You know what I mean? Stay in the moment, spend time with your family and friends and do those things that you love. Because those are the moments, you know, that you looking back, those are the memories that you're making along the way. Right. It's not about acquiring things, but it's about making those memories and something to look forward to every single day when you wake up. You have to feel that excitement and and joy just being here, just being alive, breathing, being able to do all of those things. And again, uh, reminding yourself that uh, I have everything I need and I'm grateful for it. And I have all the skills, abilities, and strength to do anything I want in my life. Mm-hmm. And again, if you not really believe in yourself, I think it's important to prioritize your mental and physical health first yeah. in order to build that foundation. Because from that place, you can, um, you know, you can give yourself a better chance of experiencing everything that you are 
you are here for pretty much. And uh, there are a lot of different practitioners that could help you with building that, uh, <clears throat> you know, mental muscle, I would say, in order to move forward with your life. And uh, again, uh, with the book like yours, it's very inspirational. And for those who would like to find and purchase for themselves where they can find it. Yeah, so it's called Life Support, Surviving Guillain-Barre Syndrome. And so it is on Amazon. It's also on like Indigo and Chapters and kind of all major book re retailers. Uh, but you can go to my website as well. Uh, it's hollyfrancis.com. Uh, and then I'm also on social media as well. So if you want to connect with me, I love you know, hearing from people and I, I've been able to message and connect with people all over the world, which is incredible. Best part of social media. Uh, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram, TikTok and YouTube as well. Yes. And um, so glad that we uh, had time to have that conversation today. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and wisdom. And uh, also for as we close, what would be the thought for today for our listeners that you would like to uh, think them about? For sure. So I'm going to share a quote. Um, you know, I mentioned that that GBS survivor had come to visit me, which was such a turning point, you know, finding someone else that was going through what I was going through. Uh, so he brought me a sign and he actually taped it to my wall in front of me. And it's a, such a powerful quote that I share with everybody. So the quote is courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice at day's end saying I will try again tomorrow. And I think that's so important for people to hear that, you know, you're not always going to feel really, really strong. You're not always going to feel like, you know what, I got this and I'm capable of handling anything and, and just feeling all powerful and like you can overcome anything. There's going to be days where you're not feeling like that. And that's okay. That's part of the journey. Uh, and so I just always remind people to go back to that quote. Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice saying, I'll try again tomorrow. So, you know, we have bad days allow yourself that rest, but then get back up again and promise yourself that you'll keep trying again tomorrow. And that's really where I've gotten or how I've gotten to where I am today is by just continuing to try again tomorrow. Yes, and such a powerful phrase. And uh, that's a great thought for our listeners to uh, think about. And it's always about trying and making the best out of today do the best that you can and you will see how it's going to evolve into such bigger better version of who you can be Absolutely. thank you so much and thank you so much Anna for listening to my podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did follow my show and leave me a review i'd love to hear from you to check out intern store go to internpodcast.com stay tuned